you know, I always say like a foundation of a friendship is the most important place to start. You're listening to Good Is In The Details. I'm Gwendolyn Dolsky. And I'm Rudy Sallow. And this is the podcast where we use philosophy. Did you like the word use? No, I don't like the word use. And in fact, in this episode, Gwen, we don't really use philosophy, do we? This is one of those fun episodes where we're, I'm one of those types of people that like, I have this constant thing in my head about what's it really like? What's it really like to do this? What's it really like to be that? What's it really like to, well, on this episode, if you've ever wondered what's it really like to be a professional matchmaker, not some, you know, little blind date person that sets up your friends or your family members. But if you want to know what the day-to-day, you know, ins and outs of being a matchmaker, like if you watch the Millionaire Matchmaker show, which yeah. you know, it's a very, very fun show. Oh, I was hooked This on is that. one of the fun episodes that you, you just kind of listen to and, and just kind of have some fun and maybe have a drink or two or three and listen to this. And, you know, don't apply philosophy. Don't apply the law. Just listen to this to have some fun, <laughs> right? Wait, wait, right? Do, would yes, you agree? We're, learning, we're learning about the business of matchmaking. What is it like to be a matchmaker? And our guest is Tammy of Elite Connections. And so in this era of swiping culture, it's actually really cool to talk to somebody whose business it is to, you know, get to know people and see, hey, you would work and you would work together and let's see how that goes. Yeah, it's interesting because you you have the swiping culture, you have a lot of apps out there that, you know, where you yourself are doing the matchmaking. But hey, have you ever thought about hiring somebody to match make you do to other people because they know people within their business? If you're wondering about that, this is a fun episode to listen to. Let's talk matchmaking. Tammy, thank you for joining the show. I'm really excited to talk about your work in matchmaking. How did you get started? So my mom actually started this company 27 years ago. She was single. She was like looking for a better way of meeting somebody. So she joined a matchmaker. She brought home some videotapes. And I helped pick out my stepdad, Uh, but they went on one date and it was, you know, love at first sight and they've been happy ever since, but she just thought what a great way of meeting people. And so then she started her company and grew from one office to, we have about 13 nationwide and international offices. So I kind of grew up in the business. I was 14 at the time. I would go like behind the scenes. I would do paperwork. I would do mailers. I would help her out here and there. And then I started, you know, kind of working with the clients. And that's when I realized that this is what I want to do. Do you see a disconnect between what people say that they want and then who would be a good match? And if you, I've heard that there can be a disconnect there. How do you navigate that? What do you do about that? People do have kind of something stuck in their head that they're looking for. Some like their ex, you know, they they have something in their mind. I want somebody with these kinds of degrees, does this for a living, looks a certain way, certain height, certain look. And then you're like, well, you know, you've been divorced, you have kids, like, let's maybe go down a different avenue, a different route, a different type of person and see if there's a connection. And of course, everybody needs to be attracted and things like that. But you know, you grow, you age, you know, you, you don't always look the same. And you want to have that friendship, that deep connection. And that's really the most important thing, having things in common, similarity in interests and hobbies and lifestyle and those types of things. So people come to me with just this laundry list and I'm like, 
let me help you find somebody that I think would be a good fit. Trust me that I'm going to introduce you to someone nice that, you know, and see if there's compatibility, see if there's something in common. So sometimes it's a lot of me pushing someone onto my client that they typically wouldn't think is their type. And then they end up together. And I see it quite often where they're like, no, I only date doctors. And I'm like, well, he's great. So give him a shot. And she does. And then they end up together, you know? Oh my goodness. What are the important things that should be on somebody's list as opposed to the superficial things? A lot of things that I feel are important are like similarities in things you like to do, you know, a homebody versus somebody that wants to be outside and doing and going and traveling, then that probably is not going to be a good fit. So things that are, you know, important, like if religion is super important to someone, then, you know, those types of things are going to be necessary in finding in their person they're looking for. Things that are really important to people are typically, um, you know, age parameter. I hear a lot too. They don't want to go over a certain age, especially with women, actually, um, with going too old. And then men, you know, oh, I'm typically attracted to a little younger. You know, you hear that quite often as well. But yes, I try to talk them into be, being open-minded to maybe a, a little older than they typically would like to date or height, you know, those types of things, what somebody looks like. And I'll just be like, well, they're wonderful. I met them. I, I know them well. You know, they're a good person, good head on the shoulders, hardworking. Like I, I need to explain this person and why they should meet this person. There's a lot of kind of talking somebody into meeting someone because I feel it'll be a good fit because I get to know my clients. I meet everyone personally and, you know, they're hiring me to be able to make them nice matches. So I need to have a say as well. I feel like you would be good with this person for all these reasons and, and then taking me up on it and seeing if there's a connection in person. What if you you have a, I'm sure there's no, this is not a what if this has actually happened, but you have a client that has, nope, I will not accept X. Like for example, I'd imagine when you brought up religion, I'd imagine that clients that are very religious are like, no, I will not date somebody unless they are X, Y, and Z. What do you do when you find the perfect person, but religion is just doesn't match there? Is that one of those things that are just like, nah, you know what? It's just not going to work. Like I'm fascinated with, um, with, with religion. I'm fascinated with people's attachment to it, with the way they've grown up. They know how to navigate their families. That just seems like one of those, like the best way to describe it, the third rail, if you will, you know, the third rail of relationships, third rails of people. It's like something that they don't want to mess with. I'm yeah. curious about what your experience is with that. Yeah, there are deal breakers for people. And if someone is very religious, they want someone that is similar in that. And I take that into consideration. If that's very important to someone that I'm not going to try to deviate and match them with somebody uh, on their opposite. Um, so there are things and, and I'm meeting all my clients personally before even joining. So if I feel I can't match someone because they're looking for this laundry list and I don't feel I can deliver, then I'm not going to be able to take them on as a client. You know, it's reputation in my business and I want to make my clients happy. I wouldn't be bringing them on if somebody is wanting a specific religion 
I have all religions across the board. I want somebody within um, this location and they have to look a certain way and they have to have a PhD. And you know, if it, if it gets too specific and I don't feel I can help them, then there might be a problem. Most of my clients, yes, they might be looking for something in, you know, same religion, but if it's open, like other avenues that I'm able to make a matches and it's, you know, not super specific, then it's not going to be a problem. How does somebody react in the, and I'm, I'm guessing it's, it's rare, but maybe not that rare. How does somebody react when you say, sorry, I can't take you on as a client? You know, I think they appreciate that I'm being honest. Um, it might open up their eyes a little bit to, oh, maybe I need to be more open-minded. I was wondering the same thing, Rudy. What happens when you go to the matchmaker and the matchmaker's like, nope. Don't. No, can't oh, help seriously, you. seriously, I almost that wonder. That would like, cause some serious reflection, right? You'd have to back up and really do some journaling or something. Right. I'm, I'm actually almost wondering, Tammy. Curious. Okay, you've told them, I'm sorry, I'm not the person from you. They go, they reflect. Have you ever had somebody come back and become more open? And have you been able to successfully place them after they've taken that time to reflect? I have. I've had somebody come to me and I was just like, I don't, you know, I cannot find you the Jewish doctor in New York that's under 39. So then, yes, they've like come back. Okay, you're right. I get it. I was being too specific and I'm looking for a needle in a haystack. So like, let's open up broad in the search with my age, with what he does, with education, this and that. So yes, I have had people come to me, come back around and like, okay, let's try again. I got another question for you. And I'm sure, Gwen, I'm sure you were going to ask this in any of it, but, but what I'm fascinated by is what you do, this matchmaking and the fact that you learned the trade from your mom. And so you, it sounds like this all happened pre-internet. Right? I was thinking the same thing, Rudy. I was totally going to, when we just talked about the gig economy and how some things are automated. And I'm just so curious about this human element to something that they've tried to fast track Right, and make an internet thing. I mean, okay, the, go go ahead, Rudy. This is great. We're on the same page with this totally. We are. I mean, think about think about the knowledge that her mother has had and she has like pre-internet, post-internet. And I'm I'm a history junkie. I take everything like in within a historical context. I'd love to hear your thoughts about what it was like before. What what were the early days of the internet? What your reaction is to Bumble and you know, your thoughts on the differences between those dating websites and what you do. I just I'm I'm a history junkie, so please uh, um, indulge me. Yeah, so when when my mom first started, we mailed everything. We mailed profiles to, and it was like, took forever to get anyone to respond. What we have now is so easy, just emailing and, you know, being able to virtually chat with someone. I mean, so much has changed, especially through COVID. You know, I did have a lot of people dating virtually, getting to know each other until they felt comfortable and then maybe meeting for a park date or a walk or a picnic or something like that. But um, yeah, a lot, a lot has changed. I mean, we went from putting together a profile and putting it in the mail and then like, call, did you get my mail yet? Did you get the date I sent? You know, and that's the way we would make matches because we still didn't want to do blind dating because we thought it was important to like make sure they saw, you know, an image of someone and they were interested because, you know, we don't want to be deceitful or we don't want to, we don't kind of 
feel like it's important to be attracted and see a bit of information about the person, make sure you're interested. So that's, of course, what we do kind of by email now. But it's different with online or app dating also because we are meeting everyone. We're kind of verifying they are who they say they are. They're divorced. They're not lying about their height or their weight or what they look like or showing a photo that's uh, you know older. I actually had a girlfriend that she was on these app dates and she kept asking to FaceTime with the guy. And then she finally stalked him by his phone number and figured out he was like totally different ethnicity, a lot older, uh, and he like had family, uh, you know, that she found on Facebook by his number and he was using a totally different name, picture. So uh, it's like anyone could be anyone they want to be online. So I'm kind of doing all that verifying. We do background search, which is nice, just to kind of make sure everyone is who they say they are on the up and up, no criminals. They do what they say they do for a living. Is there some advantage though to having somebody else choose the match as opposed to the person doing the swiping and choosing what they think on the match? You know what I mean? Like that it's possible that somebody else does a better job of seeing who you work with than the person themselves doing yeah. The swiping. Yeah. That's a what I would people, think would also be the advantage. Yeah. A lot of people come to me as like, I'm just a bad picker. Help me. I picked the wrong person after the wrong person and I need help. So that's another reason is we are people, we know everyone personally. I would have gotten feedback on what happened on previous dates and how they treat people and, you know, a bit about them. What is something that you've seen consistent in your experience? What is it that people want? What is it? I mean, why, you know, you know what I mean? Like at the, at the heart of the matter, what is it that people are really seeking? What are they really paying for? You know, really friendship and love and partnership. And I mean, that's what I think everybody wants. You know, I always say like a foundation of a friendship is the most important place to start the you're all over each other and you're totally you know uh um into each other and attract it yeah that's all fine and dandy but in the long run 20 years from now it's really the friendship and the bond of like a a, a foundation a friendship that's going to take you the long haul yeah we just did an episode that was about flourishing after a long-term relationship or a divorce. And Rudy had asked on that episode, how quickly or how soon can you play matchmaker to your friend who has just left a relationship? In your experience, when people are divorced or out of a long-term relationship, when do you see this is too soon or this is the right time for you to move on? What is the marker for you for somebody who's ready for a relationship? I think you kind of know internally if you're ready, if you're like, you know, fantasizing about being in another relationship and you, you know, you want to find the right person. I do also see people moving on too quickly. And then it's just like, oh, no, not, you know, not the one. And they're just going on like one date here and there. And they're not really giving their all into that relationship. They're probably not quite ready to find the person and they're just kind of playing the field. And that might be what they wanted to do. You know, maybe they just wanted to date. For the most part, people that come to me, they're typically ready. They're ready to find someone. They have been kind of going out with people here and there or their friends introductions, or maybe they did the kind of online meeting here. And they're like, 
I'm really, really ready. Like all this was games and, and I'm not into it and I really want to find the right person. Have you ever taken on, whether men or women, taken them on because, you know, they said they're ready or they're, you know, they're committed. It turns out that they're, that they're not or like, you know, somebody's just playing or just playing games. Have you ever had to fire clients? <laughs> yeah, I, I never had to fire a client, but I have had to give them a strong talking to, you know, like you say that you're ready to find someone, but you're finding flaws in everyone I'm introducing you to, uh, just kind of flaky, not following through. Uh, well, is this a priority? Do you want to be matched? So let's say I bring in a woman to meet a male client and that person isn't paying and she is flaky. She, she doesn't um, get back to the person. She's not responsive. Okay. Yeah. You're not interested in the service. So you're done. So I definitely have to have had to fire those types of people, but clients that are I'm bringing on and I'm searching for, and I'm recruiting for typically are pretty interested in finding someone. I have had clients that have like, they seem very open when they first come to me and then they're like, Oh, I changed my mind. I only want to now date this age and this look and this religion. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is not what you told me when you signed up with me. You know, like maybe there could be a few tweaks and things here and there, but you can't just change everything on me. That's not fair. I, I'm not going to be able to make that work. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about the open-mindedness of, of an individual. And I'm really curious about it because, you know, when you grow up, you watch these movies and we're trained from a very young age about, you know, finding quote unquote, the one. We have a lot of topics on that, right, Gwen, where we've, where we've spoken with Rosanna and other ones about this, this concept of the one. And I'm sure like what you have to deal with is that that psychological stronghold of somebody's brain because they have this picture of the one. And so you're, you're the person that's like, there is no the one like that. There, there's no such thing. You got to get over that. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm curious right. about the, the psychological aspect of what you do. I mean, there's gotta be a lot of it, but I'm just curious if you have thoughts on, on, on you know, the rigidness yeah. of thinking that there is the one. Yeah. I do a, a lot of coaching with my clients partially in that I really have to help them open their mind to other options, other possibilities, not be so close-minded because there's not going to be a lot of options if you are not more open-minded with with you know what I am able to search for you and so do you want a pool of five people or do you want a pool of 500 people to be able to search through and and make nice matches and meet them see if there's a connection I think with swiping culture that that's made people more callous because it's like you can just always find somebody else as opposed to let's say our grandparents it's like that was your future. You met the one you didn't just throw away a possibility because there wasn't that, you know, sea of people. There's always right. somebody else. But with yeah. swiping culture, people I think are more ready to dehumanize people, not look at them as, you know, not give them the same grace that you would give your friend, right? So all right. of us have friends where we know our friends are not perfect. They're flawed and we love them because of their flaws. Mm -hmm. We don't just throw them away, but we don't give meeting people for dating the same kind of grace. Right. Um, so I think something that you said um, maybe hit what Rudy and I were asking about the internet or the swiping versus you is that when people come to you, the intention is already there for a match as opposed to dating, which is the endless um, boredom, the swiping. So if somebody right. is paying for a service, they really already are 
Like that's something that would be similar with all the people in the pool is that everyone there is paying for a service, which means that the intention of actually matching with somebody is different than the boredom with the swiping. Right. So, so whoever you put together, they already have that in common. Right. I totally agree with the swiping in the apps. There's like somebody, I'm looking for somebody better, somebody different, somebody else, you know, to talk to. With us, we only do one match at a time. We're not going to make multiple matches. Give your all to this person and see what happens and then we can move on. But we have hold time for that very reason where we're just like, yeah, you don't want to waste your time. You want matches. I know. I get it. But like, you also want to find the person. So if you are meeting two, three people, how much focus can you give each one of those people? So we always just do one at a time. You know, you see how it goes with that person. And if there's a connection, wonderful. Go on a second date, go on a third date. Let's put your membership on hold. See how it goes with that person. And then if it doesn't work out, then we'll work on something new. Also, everybody that comes to us is in the same boat. You know, they're pretty serious about finding someone, um, sometimes too serious. Like I've had clients go out and they're like talking about marriage and introducing families and like, no, 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 this is the first date. You're going to scare them away. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but it's, I know they ruin it. They totally ruin it. But I'm able to get the feedback on like what happens and relay that, which is also really nice. It's like a friend in your corner on both sides. So I'm getting what you did, what you said, you talked too much about your ex, like let's work this out and figure it out so you don't sabotage the next one. Oh my God. I'm just, now I'm thinking about like all of my dates and having somebody come back and give me the feedback about how I did. I think I would be, that would be really helpful, but that would make me so nervous. It, it, it is a bummer sometimes to have to give that feedback, um, especially when it's like real bad, you know. Don't talk um, about the ex. Why talk about the ex? I, I think that that should. Well, we should get, I feel we, like. We, oh, I was going to ask. No, no. I was just going to say like get a whole, whole bunch of questions, but we have <laughs> to ask you, since you touched upon it, we have to ask you about do's and don'ts. Do you have a list? Do you coach people to go out on dates and say what to say and what not to say? You know, I typically don't, but when I get this feedback, then that's when I'm like, yeah, don't talk about the politics. I mean, if it, politics are important, that's fine. I'll make that on my end, making sure that it's, you know, a good match politically, religiously, those types of things. Don't go into all of that. Exes are a big thing. Yes, you want to talk about your past and where you came from and what happened, but don't go into all the gory details and skeletons of <laughs> your past and how upset you are that he cheated on you or whatever. Yes, you can touch upon it, but don't go into too, too much because then it's just like they're sitting back She's not over him, you know? Yeah, it, you can't bring that into the new thing. Right. And it's how you get to know someone from their past and where they can, and like, give me an overview. You know, that's okay. But don't go into too, too much. You know, don't go into every bad thing that ever happened to you. You know, positive, upbeat, you know, happy. Think, talk about good things. Talk about things you like to, not... The drama of your family and your your work and your the I'm broke. I, like I I've heard it all. <laughs> I'm broke. Jeez, but, <laughs> yeah. but come on, that you that's got to be a no-no. Like that, yeah. that, that's something you, you don't. Think. Well, I mean, Rudy, think, right? Rudy is, wait, Rudy, Rudy is tall. Rudy, how, how tall are you? 
I'm 6'2". I, so I already told him, and he's got great hair. Now, he's happily married. Yeah. Very, very wonderful woman, Kate. Hi, Kate. But I told him, I'm like, dude, that would have gone so far. Rudy, I don't even think you would have had to say anything. I think you would have already just been. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait. I, I take that back. Once I said something, it would have ruined it. Because, you know, I, I'm a very personal. Yeah, Rudy's Tammy, like, six foot two, great hair. He's match, 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 match. You're going to be on dates all over I'm the a, place. I'm, a, I'm also a Peloton junkie these days. I joined the cult. I, Tammy, I got a question. And, and it's struck me, and I'm glad you did bring up my wife, Gwen. I got lucky. I got set up by a blind date. Now, the circumstances of it, we don't have, we don't have the time to get into it. They were kind of odd, but I just thought about something. Like, what you are, in a way, Tammy, is you're a blind date type of a person. You're like, okay, wait, I know, I know this person, right? Because they, they hired me, and I, and I know these other people. I think they would be perfect together. And then you're able to get that feedback. Like, the benefit of the blind date of being set up by a friend or family member is they, they already know you. They kind of already know this other person, and they set you up, and, and you can get that feedback back from it. But I'm just curious, is that another way of thinking of some of the, of, of the services? You're like, you're like, yeah, like we're a professional blind date service. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm friends with my clients and then I match my friends together, but I'm not going to be mad if you don't like my friend We're, you know, it's going to be okay. But yeah, I feel like that's one reason why people, you know, would come to a company like ours is the personal touch, the knowing everyone, them making those matches based on, I know you and I know her and I feel like you guys would be a good fit for all these reasons. And then if you're not, okay, that's okay. But maybe we could get down to the bottom of why it was a good fit or what happened there and then we can make better matches and I've had people like oh they're open across the board and they're like well I really enjoyed meeting women that are from Europe I feel like we just have a lot in common I'm very well traveled and they're very well traveled and they're open to picking up and going so like they've had something ding inside them that like I feel like I've been having a good connection with this type of person and like, let's continue this direction. What is a good question to, for the first couple of dates to ask somebody to really get to know them? Their passions, what they like to do on a regular basis, what they enjoy doing, where they see themselves a few years from now. People that really want to have children, things like that. Like you want to get down to those important things. What's a good first date? Um, coffee you know, or stay away from drinks? Like, would you suggest staying away from alcohol? I think a drink is fine. One, one. Okay. <laughs> a lot of our clients do dinner, dinner and a drink. Uh, we have had a lot of clients just through COVID do a lot of picnic dates and take a walk afterwards at the beach or a park or whatnot. But yeah, we do have a, we, we do a lot of just dinner dates with a drink and, and sit down for an hour and get to know each other. It's not not too long, not too short. We don't suggest coffee dates just because it's like a 20 minute date. Like how well can you get to know somebody on such a quick, and a lot of times at dates do things like that because you're like, well, what if they're lying about what they look like or who they are? I don't yeah. want to waste my time. You want an out. I get, but that's not this. Yeah, Tammy, I got a question since you brought up uh, COVID. I'm, I'm fascinated. And I think I've heard this from a number of different places. Have you had any like, um, let's just call them pre-dates where you've set up two clients and they're just on Zoom because of COVID. Maybe maybe somebody was exposed, but they still want to you know meet somebody while they're in quarantine. And is that the wave of the future? Like, 
what's wrong with like having an initial discussion over Zoom so you could see the person, you can, you can see if you can have a conversation, maybe you can even have a cocktail, maybe you can watch a TV show together, I, I don't know, but is that gonna be incorporated to matchmaking on a permanent basis? Some- yes, we have had a lot of clients meet virtually, FaceTime, Zooms, where they were kind of having a date that way. They were talking, they were having a drink together, they were making dinner together, So we did have a lot of clients meet that way. And I didn't think it was that bad because they were really connecting and you really have to try a little harder. You have to, you have to communicate by phone and text and organizing those meetings. What is the process? And have you ever had somebody like coming to see you and as soon as you meet them, they're going to be a client. You're like, oh, I've already got somebody. Like, you're just so giddy. I mean, but what is the process? Somebody contacts you, and we'll put your information in the show notes so that if anybody's listening and they're like, I do want to do this, they contact you, and then do they fill out a form? Do they meet you in person? And then when you say database, I'm just kind of curious about the breakdown. Do you have, like, breakdown by ages and then location and interests? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Okay. So when somebody contacts us, they typically call us or send us something on our website with their name, number. I want some information. So then we get in touch with them. We kind of go over how it all works. Then we set up either an in-person or a virtual. That's another good thing with virtual. I haven't been having to you know, drive out to the city every day, <laughs> which is nice. We can still meet. We can still um, you know, communicate this way and see each other. So that's been great. So we sit together in a virtual meeting. We discuss you know, about them, all about their history, what they're looking for, what's important to them. Then I will come up with ideas. I I always, when I meet someone, I'm like, oh my gosh, this person would be great for you. We send contracts, all of that. They get started together. We get started together. And then I start sending profiles over to them. Current clients that I think would be a good fit. Sometimes they've said yes. Sometimes I ask the client first. It just depends. And then they both, you know, kind of agree to meet each other. Then I help coordinate the match between the two of them. And I'm searching within my database. I have, you know, thousands and thousands of clients in my database. Some are numbers some are they're kept in the system if their membership expires some have been brought in to meet someone and they might not be a full member but they're just kind of kept in the system so they might be a client that didn't pay a full fee but they're just in the system if I'm matching someone and they're just part of my database um, so there's different ways why someone could work with us they could be a full member and then they could be just brought in to meet someone so not everybody needs to spend nine thousand up to you know a fifty thousand dollar membership they could be in the system to meet my other clients and then yes i i'm able to search within my entire database and i do so by putting in location age and you know religion anything that may be important and then it pops up these amount of people and then i kind of go through and pick out people that i think would be good and then i send profiles out to my clients and then make those matches once they're both excited and interested you touched upon the cost there and i'm, I'm sure some, some listeners will be like wait a minute did she just say what i thought she just said and yes she did you you said <laughs> nine thousand to fifty thousand i mean that's yeah. you know that's what it but when you think about it when you translate the amount of if you're really serious about fine about getting into a serious relationship 
relationship, whether that's marriage or whether that's just, you know, a partnership, whatever it is. Think about the amount of time that you're spending swiping right or, or going out there on all these dates and the amount of money that you might be spending on, on the dates or traveling or anything like that. Or they could just go straight to you and kind of cut to the chase and you with all of your expertise can get that match quicker, better, et cetera, et cetera. And so you know, I'm not trying to do a sales pitch for you. I'm just saying like, I'm sure you, you must talk about the money aspect and how much they're actually going to save by hiring a service like you time-wise and even cost-wise. Is that part of the discussion? Yeah, it is an investment, but it's an investment in finding the one. And my clients obviously are, are really interested in finding the one they want to be with. And yes, they don't want to waste their time. Their time is valuable. And on these bad dates and going on these expensive dates, yes, like traveling. What I mean, one good trip could cost you nine grand. So we have an 86% success rate that will introduce our clients to someone that they date for six months or longer. So a pretty high success rate that we'll be able to match our clients with the one they're looking for. I noticed on your website, you have a whole bunch of member benefits. You have style experts, photographers, relationship therapists, communication experts, makeup artists. I have a question. I saw a study recently that talked about, um, sorry, I, I shouldn't be laughing. It was literally a study about men on dating websites. And if they take a picture with a cat, Um, what the reaction is there. I'm sure one of the tips that you have is men, if you're Hey, if you're going to be one of my clients, you cannot take a picture with, with a cat. Is that that true? Or am I just dogs are okay. Cats are not. That's that's what the study said. The study literally said dogs are okay, but cats are, Totally. I feel I feel bad for men with cats oh, a little bit, but but it, but but it's but it's true, isn't it, Tammy? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh Pictures God. are really important, and like no shirtless photos, bad. No, don't do that anywhere. I heard also sunglasses are not are not yeah. good. People you're, like what look you, good you know, in you're hiding but... something. You want a picture uh, to use a photo like you would look like on a date. So sometimes. Even women like, oh, this is me horseback riding. No, I mean, that's great. But you can tell him about that. I don't want a picture of you on the horse, you know? When people, so then, so then when people come to you, that's part of the package is that they get a photo. Yeah, they don't have to take professional photos. We can like look through what they have. But Mm -hmm. if we suggest professional photos, then, you know, we can get them in touch with the right person. If they get a certain package, it's included. So that type of thing. A style expert. It's so funny that you say that, Rudy, because I was wondering if you, Tammy, if you had any do's and don'ts about what to wear on the first date. I've had a couple people show up in yoga clothes, you know, and I'm like, girl, you got to step it up. You're on a date, put something nice on. I mean, it depends on where you're going, but like you should know not too dressy, not too casual, somewhere in the middle for where you're going, unless you're going to Mastro's, you know? Uh, Yes, I have had to relay, okay, kick the Uggs off and let's put on a pair of heels. (laughs) Get it together. So no yoga pants. No, no, no no yoga pants for a first date. I don't know. It seems, it seems like there's like in the pandemic, like people have, you know, toned things down a little bit. I don't know. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with it. I, but, but you're right. Obviously if you're going to my, if you're going to a steakhouse someplace nice, definitely no yoga pants or jeans. Right. right that's right. the, that's the equivalent for men. I'd, I'd imagine, um, or maybe sweatpants or workout pants. So what you're saying is no workout men or women, no workout clothes no workout. on the first date. Okay. Got not too dressy and not too casual. So like, okay. 
you not know, a prom dress either. Yeah, no suit. No, no prom, prom dress. No, prom dress. Right, no, no, no suit. Prom. Yeah, right. No tuxedo. <laughs> no suit for men on a first date. You can be more casual than that. When I'm seeing somebody in person as well, like, and I feel like maybe they need a style update, I will suggest that they see my stylist and they appreciate it. You know, maybe somebody didn't tell them that they need a new wardrobe or their shirts are too, you know, the men's shirts are too tight. And they're like, well, I was wanting to lose a few LBs. No, 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 just buy some new shirts. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. See, I, w- once again, she's right. I, I am happily married, but I would definitely need that style expert because I'm like partially colorblind. And so like, I can't match clothes like in any way, shape or form. I feel like I've, I've been this project for my wife for a long time. Right. <laughs> Style's hard, you know, it's kind of, it's a strange thing, especially if you're really trying to break the mold of a person because if they have this concept of what they're comfortable in their whole life and they need to step it up. Well, yeah. I, do have, I do have one last question. I just have to ask that show, The Millionaire Matchmaker, how on point was it or no? I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a show. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think of when, I think of when I think of matchmaking. Very entertaining. It was entertaining. entertaining. Very entertaining. It was fun to watch. I don't know the 20 women and the one. It's It was like a little bachelorette, bachelor style, but it was fun to watch. I don't yeah. know if they were all millionaires. I'm not going <laughs> to say they were or weren't. <laughs> but it was also, I think the way that they matched people, there was an intentionality there for it to be good for TV. So yeah. um, I don't know if it was really, I was just had to know, what did you think about it? Was it like on point? Is that how part of the process? goes or no I've had people come to me and be like do you do the millionaire matchmaker like set up cocktail out and I was like no just one-on-one dates we kind of feel it's more effective efficient and they're like okay I get that so we don't do any kind of group we actually do have a charity event that my mom started also like about 20 years ago where we have like parties you know we fundraise we silent auction and it's a really fun event but a lot of our clients come we usually have 500 or so people but a lot of them are single so they get to mingle and maybe meet people they wouldn't normally meet so that's something fun that our clients are always invited to and then all the proceeds go to help spy safe place for youth in venice it's a a organization that helps homeless teens and kids in la so that's a a fun way to get back and have fun and get out mingle and it's not just a singles event but they're you know i would probably say 98 percent are single that's great tammy thank you so much thank you thank you for having me have a good day thank you you too bye bye Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch, we're on Instagram at goodisinthedetailspod or email goodisinthedetailspod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash goodisinthedetails. And also I want to give a shout out to Shane, our newest patron. Thank you so much for your support. Okay, everyone. I hope you're lined up for your vaccines. I guess we're not hoarding toilet paper anymore. And until next time, bye.